Hi, it's Megan and Jason. You may know us from Oma's Applesauce, and we've teamed up with Opal Healthcare to bring you the Kappa Q&As podcast series. Today we're driving to meet Julie, who cared for her mum, Margaret, for an incredible 20 years before she joined a care community. So I'll be keen to learn how Julie managed all of that. That sounds incredible. I feel like we probably should have baked a 10 Persian love cakes. <laughs> I think she'll be happy with just one. Oh, actually, that's her place right there. Let's find a park and meet Julie. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to episode five of the Cup of Q&A's podcast. Julie's popped the kettle on and we're just plating up our Persian love cake. So grab a cup of tea, a comfy seat and let's have a chat about the shared experience of caring for a loved one. Well, Julie, thank you for very much for having us That's in your fine. home. So, um, yeah, to chat about your experience with your mum and placing her into a care community recently. It's fine. I'm quite happy to. It's good to chat to others because I think it helps relate the story and others can understand and they've been through it. Then you know you're not going crazy or, <laughs> you know, you weren't crazy during that period. So your mum, Margaret, she has... Uh, she's living in Quakers Hillside and can you tell us a little bit about mum what's she like as a person and what was she like growing up and where do I start my mother's a bit of a one of a kind Um, she was born in 25 um, so lived through the depression but unfortunately mum had a lot of sadness and challenges as a child so she had it tough but mum is the most positive person um, you could ever meet which fascinates me. She's never, never let any of that get her down. Beautiful. Um, but she's colourful, neurotic. <laughs> she was an actress in her younger days. She just lives and loves the arts, lives for the arts. Um, and that was probably her greatest gift that she instilled in us, a love for the arts yeah. and all of this and a kind of happy-go-lucky attitude. Yeah. So, yeah, she's a pretty special person. And so were you involved in her care journey at all within within your time with her? Yes. Um, she was pretty independent until she was, I think she was 76. She was renting a house in Marrickville and financially that just became impossible. Um, so, look, I moved her in with me here and she was still, I didn't have to care for her at that stage. She was still on her feet and she'd still every day catch the train from Blacktown Station into Wynyard, <laughs> fiddle around in the city as she always did and go to shows at the town hall. And she did that right up until about 90, actually. I was trying to get her to slow down. Yeah. And then she had a fall and broke a hip and that made things hard. Um so she had the operation, she went into rehab for three months and they were telling me there, um, look, maybe you should think about putting your mum in care and um, I wasn't quite ready for that and I thought, no, I'm pretty sure like I can cope at home with her. She got back on her feet uh, with a frame um, and then, but then it was from there, the last sort of five years or so, it became more of a caring role. Okay. And her, her living with you and you were you were sort of full-time care? Yes, life. yes, definitely for the last five years. Yeah. yeah. Prior to that, having mum live with me, even when I wasn't really caring for her as such, it was always hard work because mum was a hoarder 
And what made it harder too was that I have a brother that lives in Canada, a sister in Perth, and one other brother that at that stage was living in Gladesville, but it all just sort of fell on me. I I find it interesting because even in in families we've spoken to, um, where family are living closer together, there seems to usually be one... One sibling that takes the main care role, yes. and that obviously was was your yeah. assistance too, even though your your family are further apart. Yeah, yeah, that's a big responsibility. It was, it was, and um, I had to fight not to feel resentment at times when I wouldn't get calls for months and months from the siblings interstate or overseas, just checking in, not only to talk to mum but to see how I was doing. Yeah. So, but you know, I've, I've had to learn to sort of be that bigger person, take the higher ground, forgive, try and understand, try and educate them. Look, you need to check in, you need to talk to mum. She may not be here next month, next week. Um, and, like, I need to know I have your emotional support. But friends, my girlfriends were really the the ones that were there for me emotionally that I could sort of, you know, when it all got too much, have a good cry to or would say, look, I'm coming over, I'll sit here for a few hours while you just, you know. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, go out. And to know that you had that support. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably the hardest thing when as mum got older and um, in the last couple of years particularly, um, I had no freedom. Like I couldn't, I didn't really have a lot of people to call on to say, look, um, I want to go away for the weekend with my girlfriends um, can you mind, Mum? Like I started looking to respite, but that was hard too. I realised you couldn't just, you had to, I couldn't be spontaneous. No, you, you have to book the respite months in advance and all of this to yeah, get it. Fit in with somebody yeah. Else. And yeah. sometimes it'd just be a girlfriend going, oh, do you want to come up and stay a night here, you know? And I'd have to say, well, I can't yeah. because, yeah. So that was hard just sort of giving up, um, you know, even to have a day out where you might want to go to the beach. You couldn't, yeah. you know, I'd left Mum a couple of times. Like, and she, when she was still on the frame and independent to get to the toilet on her own, and she'd go, Oh, no, I'll be fine. And then I went out and I'd come home and she'd fallen over. Yeah. You know, so that was traumatizing. Yeah. That's horrible, isn't it? Because as a carer, you're trying to do the right thing, but you, you also need to have some autonomy in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That was really hard. The funny thing is, once mum went into care, I thought, Oh, that's it. It's done. I've, we've made that step. Now I can. I can have a day out. I can do this if I want or do that um, and find me. But I just thought I'd snap back to me, but it hasn't been like that. Yeah. It's been 18 months of finding who am I, who was I, yeah. and adjust, readjusting. Julia, yeah. I, th- I think it's also that sort of the great divide between being a carer or identifying as a carer when you're in that role and then when your loved one ends up going in, into full-time care, yeah. you, you kind of... It's almost like you're not only grieving yeah. the, the not, I can't say the loss, but you're, yeah. you're grieving the role that you're no longer yeah, that, playing no, for your loved exactly one. Yeah, that's exactly right. But, but you don't know who you are. Yeah, that's like exactly gotta, how Like you said, is. you've got to find yourself again. Yes, you? that's right, because you're no longer fulfilling that purpose. Yeah. I, I'm finding trying to find new purpose. Um, and at the same time, as a, as a mum, well, you know, you, you sort of need an, an, and that's sort of going too. So, yeah, um, yeah but definitely. I thought it would be all... Um, you know, happy days, but yeah. it's like, oh, wow, yeah, because I was sort of doing that for so long yeah. and it, yeah, so dead dead right. So I, 
probably sure I'm not the only one that's found themselves feeling a, feeling a bit lost. Yeah. 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 I can empathise with you because yes. I understand that feeling of yes. finding yourself and, yeah. you know, I think I know what I'm doing, but I still yeah. feel like I'm looking yeah. as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Me yeah. too. You mentioned um, when we spoke previously that your mum was also absolutely terrified of nursing homes. How, yes. how did you even get yeah. to the point of addressing that with mum? Right. Um, yeah, and that stemmed from her mother um, in in the fifties or sixties. Her mother was in. Um, her mother had had a um, cerebral hemorrhage at sixty nine or something, and she'd been put into a home in Kalara. And I think mum had terrible memories of this being a dark, dank, old place like it used to be some of them back then. Um, and mum just assumed that that's where I'm, that's what she kept calling it a nursing home. Please don't put me in a nursing home because she had these images that that's what it was going to be like. A nasty place, a horrible place, a cold place, a dank place, a smelly place. I kind of got a bit lucky with the process of getting her in there. Um, because she ended up in Blacktown Hospital and she kind of lost mobility and they said there's no way that you can care for her anymore at home. So it kind of got taken out of my own hands. Mm. She was in Blacktown Hospital for two weeks while they were trying to get her up on her feet again and they realised it's not going to happen. Mm. And so the social worker there, this lovely social worker, um, said she's going to have to go into care and gave me the name of three different places, of which Quakers Hillside was one, um, so I went and looked at it and I thought, wow, this is like a lodge. This is beautiful. So mum just got transferred from Blacktown Hospital to there. And in her mind, though, that was just a temporary. She thought it was like a hospice, she kept calling it. Mm -hmm. And she thought she was still going to come home. So I just had to sit by her bedside and just say, mum, I can't care for you at home anymore. Like, I just literally can't do it. We need a team now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um and it wouldn't be fair on you. I wouldn't be able to give you the care. Even here, it was hard. Like we were hurting her. Like not when we'd lift her out of the wheelchair to put her in the shower chair, we weren't trained, no. um, you know, trained properly in aged care on how to lift. We'd try and be, but yeah, like when you're that old and, you know, things like that. And I thought, this is wrong. Mm. So I just, I just I mean, you, had, you do those things with the best of intentions, of but yeah. it, you get to a point where it doesn't feel safe. Exactly. I was terrified and sometimes, you know, Curly would be on a school camp or at uni or out and um, I'd be on my own trying to get it. And I, there was, I was like, I was like, oh, lucky I'll go to the gym and work out. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. um, but I'd be really paranoid that, oh, if one slip and yeah. So I just had to keep convincing her, but I must admit she didn't really um, – she didn't really accept it at first. It's just come over time. She's realised she's still there and she'd say, how long am I staying here? And I just kept saying, Mum, this is your home now. This is where you're living. Oh, but now when I come in, when I visit her now, she's like, come in. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you came to visit and she acts like it's like, well, it is her room. It's become home for her. Yeah. yeah. Now, fast forward, she's been in there a bit over 18 months and every time I'm in there she talks about it's it, it's um, – you know, the the people are lovely. It's it's a very nice place. And she goes, oh, did you get a coffee downstairs? And she she says things like, I think this is a bit of dementia kicking in as well. But she'll talk about there's a harbour underneath. Have I been down to look at the harbour? And where is this place? She always asks me that. And I say Quakers Hill. But she seems to think it's on the harbour. So I go along with it. Yeah. Mm. I go, it's yeah. beautiful, Mum. Yeah. So how did you... Um 
how did you sort of communicate with your, you know, you have a brother over in Canada, a sister um, further over in Australia. How did you communicate what was going on and and, and did did you have any troubles communicating or did they have any ideas on what you should or shouldn't be doing? Um, It's a really good question and one I'm glad you brought up that um, that whole scenario was interesting because after many years of feeling like I was being neglected, in my caring role from the siblings or not checking in with me and not being too concerned either or and not keeping up regular communication with mum via the phone and that when she was here. Then I was suddenly getting all this, oh, what is this place? You're putting into care. How does Margaret feel about that? When I heard those words, how's Margaret? Anyway, he meant mum, but um, how's mum going to feel about that? I'm like, are you kidding? Like, I'm falling apart here and you don't even notice. So that was really tough. And I was getting the third degree. What is this place? Where is it? Um, that was not what I expected. No. And then I just had to say, look, this place, you won't believe how lovely it is. Um, I sent them all, um, you know, the website. I sent that all to them through emails and all this. And I said, check it out. Have a look yourself. And um, my sister in Perth, she didn't really, wasn't concerned, like as in, which particular place she just said, yeah, that looks nice, do it. But, yeah, I, was, I, I kind of felt like I was getting the third degree about, um, uh, you know, what is this place? How's mum going to feel about going into care? And they just it was just all built on ignorance. And I must admit, I had a few breakdowns where I just thought, I can't believe this. Yeah. And it I is just tough. Cried. Like, I mean, it, it's one thing yourself enduring yeah. that change of life stage for your mum and then yeah. for people to judge you. It's very hard, but but people do. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's... people do. Like, I just... And, and, and I was just so... That was really hard to get my head around and not let it make me be become bitter and resentful. In the end, um, I just said, guys, you just have to trust me. And plus you would have been worrying about if she was settling in well. So how, yeah. did, how was sort of her journey... Um, initially when she moved into... It was okay because in her mind she just thought it was a transfer. She thought it was like a rehab facility from Blacktown Hospital and it was, um, you know, in, I think in, initially she thought she was going to come back here mm. and be, yeah, you know, still with the family. Um, and she's just gradually got used to the idea. Yeah. How about you? Have you have you got used to the idea? Have you? How are you going now? I'm, I'm a much... Uh, I've come forward in strides. As I said, it's been a... A period of about 18 months I've been working on you know mental emotional <laughs> spiritual physical health everything so anyway I started trying to care for myself so I drink a lot more water I I've been exercising I just got time like if I say I, I want to go to Bronte Beach for the day it feels I just feel light yeah New Julie coming. It is. I feel like I'm just starting my life in my late 50s. It's really strange. I felt like I've lived life backwards. Like I had a child very young and I missed out a lot of travelling. Everyone else I know, they have children in their 30s and, you know, they do it properly. They travel when they're young. I'm doing everything back to front, but I'll get my time. So now when now that you're transitioning into visiting, how, how does that how do you feel and how do those visits go and uh, how do you feel as the yeah. as the care advocate now, I guess? Yeah. I, I really look forward to it. I've got like a bounce in my step when I'm going in there and I know my mum's going to – and they're really good there. They let me bring the dogs. Oh, cool. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm often bringing Teddy and Bella and they just get and jump on the bed. Oh, they don't amazing. care. Yeah. Like, they're always clean. I wash them. But And this is a good point that we should discuss. All those years I was caring for mum, we lost our relationship. 
I felt we did anyway as mother and daughter. It just, I couldn't cuddle mum a lot. I just, something just, I don't know. I found it hard to show affection. Maybe it was inbuilt resentment. I don't know. Maybe it's just a bit transactional to the relationship. I think so because I was a carer and it's like I ceased to be her daughter for a while. It was like your carer, not so much daughter. And now when I go in, I'm like, hi, mum, and a big kiss, and I'm back to being her daughter again. Yeah. And she's back to being my mum, and it's just so plain as day. You can see it, like, you know, because we were spending a lot of time wrestling with each other here. Mum would go, oh, no, in winter she hated having showers, freezing. And I go, mum, you've got to have a shower. Like, I'd only, like, shower every, like, second day. But, you know, like, we would be at loggerheads, and I'm like, how am I? get her in the shower and she'd go no I'm not having get all dramatic and upset and then I feel bad that I'm pushing her to have a shower but if I don't I'm not caring for her properly oh all of that was mentally draining it's not being mum and daughter like you say and that robs you of that you know that those that that tension robs you of that relationship that's exactly what was happening like every month every month that happened every year and it just built up and she she just look at me as if oh god here she is again in the room to hassle me to you know i just want to lie here and watch the tv so it's like i became this big bad julie for a while it sounds like you're parenting your reverse parenting exactly you're parenting a parent exactly Exactly, that's what I was doing. And and so now, with it all taken care of in the home, all i got to do, it's wonderful. I'm always in a good mood, be, um, you know, looking forward to the visits. And it's it's wonderful. We sit there, we watch the ABC, we talk. Um, yeah, a, a lot of the times I take the dog. And it's all taken care of. It's such quality time. And I am so grateful that, and now I'm going to get emotional, and this is stupid, I don't know why, but... Um, that in her twilight years, I'm finally, because what was torturous was like, she's going to go and I don't want her to go while I feel, like I don't want to go amongst resentment, you know. I don't, I didn't want it to end like that. It was always going to haunt me if she, what if she passes away during the night after we just had like a bit of an argument and then, you know, I'll, I've got to carry that for the rest of my life. But I'm so grateful we got through that. She's been in there and now we've, got our relationship back so if she goes when she goes it's going she's going on quality we've got it back before she's left yeah so i'm just glad that i've gotten the opportunity we got through that really hard patch the the quakers hillside has taken all that tension away and now it's quality time and we're back to being mum and daughter before she leaves this earth one day yeah so we, we've talked a lot about that you know the carer's guilt the feel that journey of 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 bearing the burden of that guilt, regardless of your capacity to care and your decision-making and all the good intentions in the world. Mm. Julie, what would you say to another son or daughter somewhere in Australia that's currently watching this video that's going, that's walking in your footsteps? What words of advice would you give them to help alleviate some of that burden of guilt? Probably, um, this might sound a bit cliched, but the first thing I can think of is try and be kind to yourself because... Mm. I was so hard on myself. Like, you're not a bad person if you feel a bit of resentment, um, if you do get a bit angry here or there. Like, try and be kind to yourself. Don't bash yourself up over um, that, you know, you're not doing this perfectly or, like, you know, I couldn't care with mum with never-ending grace day in, day out. So realise that you're human too and just know that you're, You are doing one of the hardest jobs out there, really. Mm. 
Julie, thank you so much for inviting us in your home to have a chat. And I'm sure your story is going to help a lot of other people as well. So I hope so. Yeah, it makes me feel good that um, hopefully that I can do that. Mm. Yeah. Thank you both. You've both been lovely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Kappa Q&As podcast, proudly brought to you by Opal Healthcare. For more episodes and helpful resources, make sure you visit opalhealthcare.com.au. This Kappa Q&As podcast series is copyright 2023, Opal Healthcare.